It's 2021, and unfortunately, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. There have been plenty of people affected by it. Business owners who may have gotten their restaurant or office location shut down, the elderly, for example, who may not have been able to see their family since they're more susceptible to the virus and their immune system is more compromised. But I think a group that's been very affected are students, particularly high school students. They're not only missing out on the basic human-to-human interaction like attending prom or seeing their friends or going out during lunch, but they're also in a crucial stage or crossroads of their life journey where they're potentially deciding their career path, whether it's heading to college, the traditional route, or something else. You don't always have to be a CEO with 30 years of experience to make a positive impact on this world. And during this pandemic, some students have made the most of their opportunities growing their reputation on a global scale, and helping their own peers address any potential roadblocks that may have been in their way, whether it be in a career sense or mental health sense. Welcome to Unmuted Generations, and today my guest and I will be chatting about an array of topics like the future of Gen Z, goal setting, public speaking, and much more. Stay tuned. Hello everyone, my name is Ryan Mew, and each week I interview a guest to learn about their journey and mindset with the goal of expanding horizons to live a happy and healthy lifestyle. My guest today is Vivian Tan, a social entrepreneur and public speaker empowering ambitious and motivated youth to level up through leadership, mentorship, and public speaking with the goal of ultimately finding fulfillment in their career goals and improving their skills. She founded Youth of BC, an organization dedicated to helping students thrive after the time they spend in secondary education, and also find volunteer opportunities. I'd also like to mention that she's a pretty established public speaker, and she's actually presented at three TEDx conferences so far. So with that, how's it going today, Vivian? It's going pretty great. I feel like it's a great start to 2021, since there's a lot of optimism, a lot of big goals. I also set a couple of goals, and I hope to be consistent with them, since it can be really hard for New Year's resolutions to keep to maintain them like it's one matter of creating the goals usually it's very it can be easier to create the goals than maintaining the goals by make making it a habit and then making it a lifestyle because you have to keep on doing it for a certain routine like for example like every day every week and it can be a little bit repetitive and sometimes you can lose motivation with it and that's kind of the reasons why we may fall out of the consistency. So I'm hoping for that not to happen. Well, that's really good. I mean, I think a lot of people or anything in life is like that, like just going for things in the long run. I I know when I started this podcast, like when I first started shooting it, I was super motivated the first month and I was releasing episodes left and right. And then as time goes on, I'm like, oh man, I'm tired. I don't want to edit today. I'll take a break. And 80% of New Year's resolutions fail. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if you, you knew that. And it's really just a consistency aspect of it. Like life just kind of hits you in the face midway through. Yeah. And sometimes it can be difficult when you struggle to kind of find that motivation, that spark. It's like, why exactly am I doing this? And then you start getting lost. And that's sometimes how I feel midway. Like, especially during the school year, that's when I kind of question my life existence and what am I doing but kind of some lessons I learned are that 
um, make sure to have time to just sit down and think because a lot of times if we're on the go all the time and we don't have enough time to sit down and reflect, we may not be able to know exactly and pinpoint where exactly we want to go, why do we want to do this, and visualizing what we want to be in the future, like what is our end goal. That's a good point. And for people who don't know you very uh, well, but besides the episode description, obviously, you have, you not just attend school, you know, secondary education, but you're also like a, a member of like several organizations outside, whether they're nonprofits or helping students really grow and learn and, and help find their potential careers. So I was wondering if you could go, you know, give a brief rundown of like all the things that you've accomplished at your young age. For sure. So um, one of them, my first talk is public speaking. I did first start back then in like around September 2019. That was when I did my first TEDx talk. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was, that was a big milestone because that was when I realized, I think public speaking is pretty fun. Um, it's not as intimidating as it can be, even though I still get nervous. Mm. I decided to get myself more involved in it and I ended up giving two more TEDx talks. And then after that, I decided, okay, maybe I'll take it a step further and start doing pro bono, pro bono free speak, speaking to several events such by branding myself as a public speaker on LinkedIn and on social media. And so far this year, I managed to get, like last year, I managed to get around 20 speaking engagements. I was like, whoa, okay, that's that's oh, a good start. And, and I set a new goal that hopefully I could get like the same number or maybe even more. That was a little milestone that I hit last year. The second part is that I founded Youth of BC. So it's so far, it's an organization to help post-secondary pre- preparation as well as finding volunteer opportunities. Like I started because I felt really lost exactly preparing for post-secondary. And I realized that students say, oh my gosh, I'm lost. I don't know what to choose for this course. How is post-secondary going to work? Like, how am I going to choose my courses? A lot of the yeah. questions are there, but I feel that school doesn't really answer them. Even though in my school, there's career life education courses where they help you with your career, help you with your life. So it feels like there's something missing. And then remember, there was kind of a joke between me and my classmates is that that, that class is somewhat ironic because it leaves us even more confused than we were before we took the course. Well, it's not like realistic, I think. Like, you know, some of those courses that they teach in high school, they're being taught by people who are not in the industry. Like it, it's hard for, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a teacher who's read a book about accounting to teach accounting and say, you know, this is what it is unless you have like a, an actual person that comes in there and like talks to you about it. Yeah, that's true. And I really wish that there were some guest speakers in the several industries so they could give expert um, tips and as well as how I've insider as well, insider advice. That was what I really wish, but hopefully in the future that will happen. Like that's, a, that's something I really wish for. Yeah, I, I hope for it too, because I, I remember when I was in high school, I kind of had a head start a little bit because my dad was in business and there's several people on my mom's side who uh, are in the business field and in sales particularly. So that was like, I, I knew a lot more about the route. I attended some of their conferences and as a kid, because it's like, you know, they took me whether it's like they take their your kid to work day or something like that. And I got to kind of understand what it was like early on. Uh, it kind of gave me like a head start and an advantage, but like, I, I think between like that and then also just not being that focused in high school, like 
I remember with me, at least I was more concerned with like dating or being on like the basketball team or beating this guy in like a track and field race. Sometimes they put so much pressure on you in high school saying like, Hey, once you get into your post-secondary career, like this is it, this is what you choose. But what they don't say is like a lot of people don't graduate necessarily in four years. And it's not because they aren't necessarily sophisticated students, but I think it's more because they pick a career path where they're like, okay, this is what I think I should go into based on my skills in high school. And they find out maybe in their first or second year, you know, I don't want to be a biologist. I want to be in business or I don't want to be in business. I want to be an engineer something like that. I also have to agree with um, the point where you said that once you're in university, you kind of think that you're set in stone. Like for example, if you apply to be in business and you find out that business is not right for you, it can be a little bit daunting to switch majors, but in the end, like you can, it's still possible for you to switch majors. Like it's not you're stuck in there for four years, and then you have to, and then you have to redo the whole course. Like you can still have an opportunity to switch industries, and that was what my cousin did too. Like she, she applied for arts faculty, but then she realized that it wasn't for her, so she switched over to science faculty in her second year. And I also wanted to ask you a question. Um, did you ever switch any majors or any, or any, like, any industries? Yeah, I mean, like, I think when I was in high school, I was so, like, I had no idea what I was going to do, if I'm being completely honest. Like, in high school, at least, and even in, like, middle school or elementary, it's, like, for sure, I had no clue. I would base all of my decisions off of, like, video games. Like, oh, if I was good at this detective video game called ace attorney then i could definitely be like an investigator or a lawyer and i was just like not keen about future careers my whole thing was like going to college if i get my college degree i'll get a good job and have a family whatever uh frankly that's not the case of how things work most of the time my dad was uh he worked for dell because of that i'm like oh if i go into sales i'll be able to follow his footsteps per se so my whole thing was going to college get business go into sales and I realized I guess it was just like when I was working a bunch of my different jobs like I don't know if a lot of people in like secondary mm-hmm. education actually are like able to work right now with the pandemic but I was working like sales jobs since I was like 17 and I realized when I got into like a financial sales job where I was helping manage like over a hundred million dollars at the like below the age of 21 I was like like I'd rather be the one facilitating the deal through marketing uh, and like be strategic about it to like give them an offering that they can't refuse per se, as opposed to just saying like, buy this, buy this, buy this. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm kind of making a generalization with salespeople, but my whole thing is like, I'm just more strategic. Like I could talk to people, but I'd rather use my, my skills in talking with marketing in general. Also what that made me think about is that it's also important to try to get to know yourself and kind of your personality. Like what do you like? What do you not like? and such and then that way you could start exploring like several different career fields and see which one works like this is alert i feel that it's a learning process and if you feel like it's right for you you could keep it at your list and keep on exploring if you like but if it's not for you it's time to cross that off and then move forward especially at your age you know and and uh, the generation z in general like with secondary education like that should be the time for people to like explore most explore like all the different fields. It's something that I didn't do, but I'm, I'm kind of curious with 
you like what got you into kind of just like public speaking and wanting to like help you know people around your age group a little more and finding their career path because i don't think that's something that's typical for you know just like a generation z person right now i I think they're more focused on like viralness Mm, that's a really great question um back in around i would say grade 10 when it was kind of course planning so we had to choose our courses I I was kind of stuck on what courses I want to choose because there are so many different courses. Like I was reading through the pamphlet and it was like really thick. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I have so many choices. I feel so lost. And I asked my friends, hey, do you know what courses you want to take? And they're like, no, I don't want to do either. And they say, like, and we're not ready for post-secondary yet. And I was like, okay, that's a big problem. Like the big problem like there. And I feel that schools weren't really addressing that. So I was like, okay, it's like a problem, but what can we do about it? So I was thinking, well, if nobody's going to do it, like, might as well help out. And first, I started off as a social media platform, because which I kind of did regret. But at the same time, I didn't regret it either, because I did start out by you know taking some action within the community. But I was still afraid of starting a nonprofit, because I was doubting myself and my abilities, even though I was volunteering a lot, have getting a lot of leadership experience from it. Like, I still doubt it, like, if I would be a good founder, if I would lead a nonprofit and make it successful. So that was why I started the social media platform. But then a year later, I say, okay, I'll take it a step further and get a little bit out more of my comfort zone. Kind of taking um, little steps out of my comfort zone and by expanding it. Because if you feel discomfortable, that's where an opportunity of growth can happen. That was something that I found. So that was how how it kind of got started. And as for public speaking, it was really random. Like normally people would think, oh, for a TEDx event, you're going to get invited or you got an app or you took spent a lot of time on your application. But for me, it was pretty unusual. So I was scrolling through Facebook um, and then I found an opportunity by ran- by chance Say TEDx speaker applications open. I was like, wow, I've always wanted to do a TEDx talk because everyone looks so cool up on the stage, professional. You know, <laughs> that, that, that can be like a something on your bucket list to do. And then, then I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll just try because, you know, it's a little chance is better than no chance. And then I looked at the application due date and it was the same day that I saw the application. I was like, I was even considering, should oh, I not I do it? I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a marathon of writing and overlooking, and I'm going to submit it. And I got it. I was like, I had to double check and make sure it wasn't like a scam because I, w- I didn't know if it was true. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it was true. And that was when I realized that, hey, it's pretty great. You know, public speaking is great. You know, trying to share my ideas with the audience to create change. That was the reason why I decided to get in public speaking and stay in public speaking. Even though, um, and I know that other people had other reasons. Like I asked other tech speakers, they said they want to share their stories. Um, one of them said they want to educate the audience on this specific topic because they did want to, um, because it wasn't really a topic that was discussed much. So everyone has different experiences, different stories to share. And eventually I decided maybe I could do more of it 
you know, just to get more involved. And because I like it, like normally when it's a, when you're passionate about something and you like something, it doesn't feel like work. It feels mm-hmm. more so of some like a hobby, like something that you personally enjoy. That's a good point. I, I know with the podcast, at least, like I interview all types of people, whether it's like the business field, the health field, authors in some cases. I interviewed a DJ one time. I mean, it's just one of those things where like I enjoy doing what I'm doing, but if I could always relate it back to like the main message and something I'm passionate about, it doesn't feel like work. Like the point it feels like work, that's when I know like, okay, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I should probably stop the podcast or like take a break, which I've had to do, do a couple times. Like I'm not I'm not very shy about saying that. Like I've had to pause the podcast for a week and take a week off just to say like, okay, I need to recoup. I need to know like why I'm feeling this way. And with you, I mean, I'm sure you have so many different things on your plate. Like what do you do to like balance that between like your personal life? Because I know you still got to live. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was, a, it was a learning process. So back in grade eight and grade nine, I used to have a lot more volunteer opportunities. Like over, I think it was, over at least 10 extracurriculars and then my parents would think are you can you handle this in grade nine I was like yeah sure I can handle this and at the end of grade nine um I did fall into kind of a burnout because I couldn't really juggle a lot and I felt that I wasn't really putting as much effort as I can and it was tough like feeling just like not motivated to do anything at all I'm feeling like I was a failure because I didn't put the effort I want to put in. But you know, you know, what's crazy though. Mm -hmm. You probably felt like a failure, but everybody who looked around you probably thought you were like the standout among everybody. Like, it's such a weird thing that I I think like we tend to put like way too much importance and criticize like the little things in life on ourselves. but you're like a standout to everybody else. I also noticed that too. Like there's also a lot of, like our opinions ourselves are definitely different than what other people think of us. That was something I realized. And I would say, okay. And I said, okay, maybe I need to cut off some stuff. So I had to, sadly, I had to cut off some extracurriculars, but it did feel way better because I had more free time to take care of myself and to also interact with others. So I, was, so I would say one tip, like Google Calendar is my savior because <laughs> I can, I have different categories. For example, one category for like events outside school, like speaking opportunities, like tasks. And make sure to block it out at least, but at least, but still have some free space so I can be more flexible with my time. I did try blocking out every single part of my day, but I didn't feel that it was that great. And I wasn't consistent because things can happen. Life is unpredictable. And if something's all structured, like one tiny bit and your whole schedule for the day can fall apart. So I like to leave some free time in between the specific events or time blocks so I can do like work or just chat with friends. And I also feel that like making sure I always set a goal for myself at each week about what, how much time approximately like a time range should I spend with my family, friends, how much I spend work, how much I spend at school, and how much I spend in free time. So definitely dividing different categories because it's not always about just school and just life. Like there's many different categories in your life that you need to pay attention to and prioritize. Yeah, thanks for saying that because like 
I actually wrote about it today on LinkedIn a bit, but I think everybody focuses like, oh, if I'm doing work, that means it's like career advancement. Like I'm networking with people, I'm doing work for an organization. And sure, you may have like the best following on LinkedIn and you may get hundreds of likes for every post you make. And you may be like networking with CEOs everywhere, but like, how's your family life? How's your friend life? Like, are you trying to date? Are you trying to like, how's your relationship with your significant other? What about your hobbies? Like, I remember I was talking with a friend one time and this was during the time I had like five different things on my plate. Like I had work. I was trying to like learn how to build websites and stuff just as like a side hobby Uh, In addition to that, I had the podcast and then I was trying to like write a book and stuff. And I was like, it was crazy. And (laughs) long story short, one of my friends was messaging me and she was like, hey, you know, I know you got a lot going on. I just want to say like, I give you props because like I will never have like the same work ethic as you. And I'm like, don't say that because like in terms of like your work ethic, like you're handling your own job perfectly fine. And I know like you probably spend time with your friends way more than I should. I should I should be spending more time with my friends and dropping some of the stuff out of the career aspect. Like you're you're doing great in that aspect. So it's just kind of a balance on like what you prioritize at the end of the day. And I also have to agree with like everyone does have their own weaknesses and their own strengths. And I feel that a lot of times we tend to recognize other strengths very easily and also recognize our weaknesses very easily so it can be hard to interpret like what exactly our strengths what exactly other people's weaknesses so i say definitely to take some time to definitely self like self positivity so writing at least like three things um about yourself that you know that you did great like what you're good at like what your strengths and I thought that helped with my work ethic and motivation because I thought that, hey, I'm doing great and I need to keep this up. And I find that a lot of times with self-care, like taking care of yourself, for example, like learning about certain things or taking a break, even just, how do you say, spacing out from social media. A lot of times you know, I thought, like, should I really do this? Because, you know, self-care, I might feel selfish for prioritizing myself above others sometimes but in the end like you do need to prioritize yourself and also make sure that you're okay before you can help others because if you if you feel burnt out and you do try to help others you may not be able to help others to the best of your ability yeah and nobody wants that nobody wants to be like in this cycle of averageness like i was comparing it to a las vegas buffet where it's like you you have the ability to grab as much food as you want and put it on the plate. But if you grab too much, you aren't going to be able to eat like the best things. You know, you're just going to be eating like, I don't know, a few chicken wings and and bread and stuff, which will fill you up pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, I know you were kind of talking about how staying off social media is important during this time. Introspection is really, really important. And you know, for people in Gen Z like you and I, how have you been handling like the coronavirus and everything? You know, we're we're still technically in that growing phase where we could like, you know, it's typical for us to go back to school, you know, whether it's for masters or bachelors or high school in general, um, as opposed to maybe, I don't know, somebody who's in their 40s or 50s who are watching kids and maybe own a restaurant that's shut down because of the coronavirus. Like, how have you been handling it? 
I'll say school. There's different types of ways that I'm handling school-wise. I feel that it's a bit lonely because I can't interact with my friends because of social distancing. And but what I make sure to to like as a solution is to make sure to interact with my friends digitally, like and also taking advantage of digital resources to help me with my learning because my school is in person instead of online, so it can be a little bit. Awkward, like going through a longer class, and it gets really hard to focus. So I just make sure to get a lot of water because I find that helps me focus. And also personally, my screen time got has spiked up during COVID nineteen, and I realized that. And I think, okay, maybe it's time to take like a short break, like get up, drink some water, because a lot of times when we're on a like on a screen. It can be very easy to forget to eat and to forget to like drink water. You forget to take care of yourself because it feels like time passes by really fast. Well, it's addictive. I mean it. It's basically built in with artificial intelligence to for <laughs> us to to spend more time on it. I can't tell you how many times I so on my Instagram personally, I have a limit saying like once fifteen minute hits, like it'll it'll show me a message saying like you spent. Enough time on Instagram today, like log off the app, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen it, and I've just been like, okay, like five more minutes. Oh I also did that too, like just five more minutes, and I also did that with my alarm clock, like you know, press the snooze button, like just five more minutes, and then I did I wake up, but I guess eventually we'll have to press the stop button because we do need to set like limits for ourselves because if we don't, like, so it can end up in a big problem, like little by little. When you overstep those boundaries, well, I think it also presents a, a false sense of reality, and I think it's kind of dangerous for people, for us growing up, pretty much because I think we'll see things on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or even LinkedIn in some cases where we we compare ourselves to others too much or we don't get like a true sense of the world because we're stuck inside or. Like you were saying, it's awkward. We don't get to talk to our friends that much because we're social distance with each other. And I do have to agree with you with the false reality because I find that me, my friends, and other classmates, we tend to compare ourselves with people on like Instagram, like Facebook, or like even LinkedIn, and saying like, "Oh, this person has it all. You know, they they're doing great in their work. They're so productive. They're accomplished, and also, you know, they look pretty." Like that was one major thing I found, like you know, with beauty, you know, comparing each other, like our looks. And in reality, things may be different. But at that moment, you know, when you see that picture or that video, it can be hard to be aware that it might not be what what it seems like. We're just like almost falling into assumptions left and right, pretty much. And one of the things I see all the time is like TikTok, for example, that got really popular over the pandemic. And I'm not sure if you use that, but there are people who post videos and they say, "Hey, do you want to know how to make like five hundred thousand dollars in a year?" Or, hey, look what I did over the pandemic. I did X, Y, Z. I'm optimistic that they're posting that content because they have a good heart, you know, and they actually like genuinely want to share their content with people and inspire other people to to work hard and stuff. But I think at the same time, we have to also understand that 99% of the population who sees that 
you know, maybe only 1% will get expired. Another 99% will be feeling symptoms of imposter syndrome where they're like, maybe I'm not doing enough. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like an imposter in this situation. It, it's really tough. And uh, I'm curious to for your thoughts, like where do you see this kind of going in the future with, with just like our generation in, in general? Mm, as in kind of how we perceive ourselves and also perceive others or like how like digital media is going? I would just say a little of both. Like, where do you think that, obviously, like, I think how we perceive ourselves will ultimately determine our careers. But do you think with everything that's going on right now that you see us kind of focusing more on the traditional path that we thought before, because it was like high school, again, to college, this. Now, for example, like with you over the pandemic, you, you know, were a part of several organizations. You had like different speaking engagements here and there you helped students level up with your own leadership? Like, where do you think it's going to go in the future? Mm, I think for the future in general with Gen Z, I think that we are going to, I predict that we are going to realize that there's not just one option to go on life. And a lot of times when people tell us like, you know, go go to college, get a job, you know, start family, you know, that traditional path. Like we tend to follow it, but if we really ask ourselves that question, maybe it's not what we want to do. And eventually I feel that more and more people are realizing that and deciding, well, maybe I want to try a different path, a different path that what I want to go into. And I also predict that a lot of things are going to be on more digitally because I feel that with technologies constantly evolving and a lot more things are going to happen online, especially with social media. There's going to be a lot more features, a lot more social media marketing, content marketing online. But I still feel that things are going to be happening in person. For example, there's not going to be all just about online shopping or online marketing. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of both ways about it. I think over time, we're just going to get like more automated, you know, with robots and stuff. I mean, <laughs> Amazon just like opened up a store where it's like you go in and there's not even anybody who helps you. You just put stuff in your cart and then you leave. And it's like the coolest thing ever. But at the same time, you see all these new careers popping up. Like who would have thought that something like drop shipping would be a thing? Who would have thought that something that like influencer marketing and relations, you know, that's an actual thing. Even like social media marketing. Like if we look back 10 years ago, like Facebook was a platform to go share pictures of your family uh, maybe 15 years ago when around that time, but it started kind of growing in popularity. And now it's like, I check Facebook for my news more than I check, you know, news. Like I don't type in like CNN or Fox to look up my news. I'll just go on Facebook or Twitter and, and read that 60 second headline. And if I want to dig into it a little more, I'll, I'll go into it. So I think it's pretty interesting, like how technology will work. I, I think it's just, it'll be interesting to see like if there's an eventual dump of it. Like if people actually realize like, look, like I, I understand this is like a great way for us to communicate with each other, but I'm just going to shy away from it because I know that there are studies out there where people, you know, they go away from social media for maybe like 30 days and they're just like so much more enlightened, you know? Well, I guess it may be up to the person like on how they view it. I think for me, I am excited for how technology will will go. But at the same time, I do feel a little bit unsure about the future because 
it's so fast and evolving and it's really unpredictable and unsure about how things will turn out, whether for the good or for the worse. It's only in when we're in the moment and we kind of take a look around ourselves. That's when we kind of know if things are going well or things are not going as well as we like. Yeah, and there's going to be plenty of unpredictability down the line. Like, who would have ever thought this coronavirus would be a thing? That was just like last year. And I remember I saw headlines about it. I'm like, oh, there was like a disease that was out there. But I'm like, maybe it'll just be something small. Like, it's just like a flu or something. And and now it's like, whoa, it's like widespread. Like, I never would have thought we'd be on lockdown for an entire year now. It's uh, it, It's definitely crazy. I wasn't expecting a lockdown in school because I thought that it wasn't going to be like a global disease, but it turned out to be like, turned out to spread like worldwide. And yeah, it was definitely very unpredictable. Yeah. Well, that, that I think that was my, my thing because you could obviously do your studying over Zoom, but it's not, it's not the same. It's almost like online dating. Like you could you could zoom your date through the thing, but there's not that human to human interaction where you could go to your teacher's desk and say, "Hey, I have this question. Let me show you this." You're showing it in front of like 30 other students, and it's not it's not a cool thing. Yeah, I I would agree with that because with my Zoom classes, um, it feels not so interactive as in person classes and. That was really it. I prefer in-person classes rather than online courses any day. Because in person, like there's a lot of people talking, a lot of people raising their hands, a lot of engagement between the teacher and the students. But then on Zoom, that's a different story because whenever the teacher asks, is there any questions? It's just a lot of silence. And yeah. the teacher's like, I'm begging you, please say something. Like just anything and I'll be happy. <laughs> Yeah. And, and let's say, for example, like you don't live in a, a happy home per se. Let's say like, you know, you're you're in a home where it's very small and there's people that are going to be around you walking back and forth. Like it's harder to focus. It's not like an environment for studying. I'm sure Ikea sales went up over this time, but <laughs> it it's one of those things where I, I think it'll ultimately not damage education in a sense, but I think that there's a trend that I'm seeing with the young entrepreneur, pretty much like there's a lot of younger people who are starting side hustles or businesses or becoming entrepreneurs like yourself in a way, you know, in terms of just being an entrepreneur in general and, and deciding to start a nonprofit or, or do public speaking. Have you ever had to deal with stuff like age bias because you are so young? In a sense, yes, because sometimes there are certain requirements. For example, you have to be a university student. You have to be an adult. Like in order to speak at this event, yeah. Because well, you, are you know, I don't have the knowledge. <laughs> I don't. It's like I don't have the knowledge, um, like from a degree. But you know, knowledge can sometimes knowledge in a certain field can go beyond, like for example, like a bachelor's degree. And a lot of times, when you start something, and especially when you're young, a lot of people tend to think like, "Oh, is this legit?" Like I remember some school, some people asking me like, "Is this organization legit?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm, I'm not trying to scam you or anything. And one thing they also ask is like, will you be successful? Because a lot of people tend to think like if you're a younger age, like we're more immature or we don't have the mental cap- cap- capability than a- adults, exactly. And that was what I did kind of struggle with. 
but eventually I did found a lot of support with other student and young entrepreneurs. I was like, hey, I feel supported by this community, so I feel more encouraged to keep on going. That's like the most important thing, like self-belief in yourself and understanding that it's okay to fail uh, when you're when you're younger. It's kind of like stocks, like working in the financial environment. We're always taught that you got to invest in like stocks and like risky stuff when you're younger, because the potential for you to, you know, lose all your money, like you'll be making it back years from then. But if you're in like your 60s or something and you start something, it's like, it's a little hard to do sometimes. It's just one of those things where you may not have the potential to go invest anymore like you your your lifespan is you should be focusing on other things per se i i I, i've dealt with age bias myself obviously working in like a younger environment or or, um older environment like i've always been the youngest guy at all of my jobs it's really weird when you're managing like a client's like entire life savings and retirement savings and then they come into office and you're like oh wow you're really really young (laughs) I did also deal with that with when I was speaking for the TEDx event because I was the youngest speaker for all three events. And then I looked at the other speakers because there were other speaker battles and when they released it, I was like, whoa, I feel so inexperienced compared to the other speakers. And I thought that I compared throughout like that entire experience of doing a TEDx talk, I did compare myself to other speakers. Because one of, especially like some of them, they're like, like one of them was a double, like how do you say, double stunt actor. One of them did a world record at around like 17 years old. I was like, whoa, so amazing. And that was when I found that sometimes what can limit you is you're, you comparing yourself with others. But in the end, like you have your own path and other people have their own paths. Like we all have different experiences that shape us they have their different experience that shape them you just like how you have their strength you have your own strengths and other people have their own strengths and if you want to improve yourself it's best to focus on yourself and what you can improve instead of what others did well and how to be like them because if you tried following their paths it may not be the best for what you actually are good at what you're what who you are like what your values are what your mission is in life like your purpose and what you want to do that's a good point it's hard sometimes to not compare yourself to others because like you were saying earlier like social media when you look at stuff like that and and things like uh beauty for example and comparing like oh wow this person looks so much better than me or oh this person like they do their makeup amazingly you can't compare yourself at the end of the day. You just kind of got to focus on your own path. And, and I think it it's like that for everything. Like in a way, generally the way I see it is like you tell somebody an idea, something that you want to do, like, oh, I'm going to be like a, a speaker for TEDx. And, and everybody's like, oh, wow, you're like really young. And then you do it. And then people are like, oh, wow, you're like, you're awesome type of thing. Mm-hmm. With me, I always try to have like a chip on my shoulder and just kind of not necessarily prove people wrong. But just say like, okay, look, like I need to, I need to prove myself right that like I'm capable of the skill. Like I need to rise to the moment. And not only proving yourself right, also proving your insecurities and your doubts wrong, because te- technically, if you say like, oh, I won't be a, for example, like, oh, I won't be a tech speaker, I won't start my own company, 
and when you do it, you're actually proving it wrong. So you're saying, hey, you know, I'm proving my, I have to prove myself wrong sometimes, and I have to prove myself right sometimes by focusing on myself and when we want to achieve our goals. I agree with that to some aspect. I, I think it's also important to talk about, though, that even though we may prove ourselves wrong sometimes, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're a different person and that that issue that we had in the past will never come back. As weird as it is to say, I'm all about kind of evolution as a human being, per se. But I also acknowledge that these insecurities, uh, for example, you may be a procrastinator or you may not necessarily have the best work ethic and you tend to be lazy or you tend to get overconfident on projects or time management skills. We all kind of have our hubris. And it's really important to acknowledge we have that hubris instead of saying, hey, I've done this and it's completely gone. Like that never really happens. We just kind of have to embrace it as individuals. And in a sense, we have to keep it in the back of our mind. So that way we know this is a tendency of mine. You know, I know this is like an insecurity, but I'm confident enough in myself to kind of battle this because we aren't all perfect. I mean, if if we were able to correct every mistake we made, we'd be perfect per se, and we'd be able to do anything and everything and, and this world would be a much better place. But that's simply not the case. And I also have to agree with that not everyone is perfect. I used to believe that, you know, I could become perfect someday. But I had to realize that if you set yourself as a goal with perfect, you would never be able to reach it. And you, when you realize you'll never be able to reach it, you can feel disappointed in yourself. And that could bring your self-esteem down quite a bit. And like I remember one of my flaws that I really used to, to hate was that like my ang- like my anxiety, like I tend to worry a lot yeah. about the future. About, and I was saying like, I shouldn't worry so much. Like I hate worrying so much because I'm so unsure about what the future is going to hold. But then eventually I had, I had to break this like, okay, um, it can be a good thing. You know, there's like, when there's, I can see certain situations of how things can go. So I know how to mitigate those. And again, like I still do want to improve on them, but as long as I acknowledge that it is a part of me and that I'm not perfect, I feel much better about it. Yeah, because like, we understand, we accept each other as like, that is me as a person. Like I definitely have some insecurities. I, I overthink, I overworry similar to you. I, I get too involved in stuff and I get, I guess like angsty. Like I'm like, oh, I need to like, I get too, too into weeds of things, I would say. And they're all a part of me. But like, I, I love that about myself because it's like, they're all things that I could improve. It, it's not something where it's like, I could ever get rid of completely like i know some people are like oh yeah this is like this and i could i could remove it eventually but it, it's not like that like i think at the end of the day if we all just embrace our insecurities we'll be able to grow as as people in general and i hope that that during this time that we're all kind of focusing on introspection a little more like what have you been doing to, to focus on introspection definitely looking back at how i at like my past and seeing like what I did well and what I didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Like seeing like some regrets and a lot of mistakes. I tend to focus on my mistakes more because those were like a lot. I went through a lot of adversity in that. Like it was a big road bump in my life. And I realized that that was kind of a catalyst for me to grow from it. 
I also did like a visual map, you know, kind of like somewhat like a mind map, but like with a lot of sections. Like exactly like what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, like what I what do I want to do, and what do I value especially. And with that, I kind of had a clear perspective on what exactly what I want to do in life, because everyone's purpose of life is different, and everyone is different. But when when we ask like a question like who are you, like what's your purpose in life, like it gets out easier first. But then when you let that question sink in, and then the more you think about it, the more you can realize that it's not as easy as it sounds like. And there's a lot of opportunities for that to branch and to think about. Yeah, I'm glad you're you're uh, we're talking about this because I think sometimes we all just tend to to worry too much about like the little things. I would say, and and we get too in the weeds. And I think we just kind of need to take a broader holistic perspective and and understand like yeah, we're all going to face adversity at some point in our life, but like we'll eventually get through it. Like it's really good that you looked back at the past and made like you know your your visual map because sometimes people they they look back at the past and then they feel guilty for what they did, and you were able to look at it and then you know obviously maybe face some guilt, but you were able to move on from it. I did actually feel guilty for some parts of my life because, like, if I look back, it's like oh, I wish I'd done this differently. Like I feel so guilty for not doing this. Eventually, you can't change the past as much as you wish to. At least not yet. Like maybe in a very far future, time traveling could become possible, like <laughs> in the movies or in the media. But for now, it isn't an option. So it's best to focus on the present, not so what you can do in the future, and like what you learn from it. Because if you learn from your mistakes, then you won't really make that mistake again. Or if you make that mistake again by accident, it won't be as big as a mistake as it is, and you know what to do when that happens. Yeah, I always say that I I don't always know the right way to do things, but I know the wrong way to do it. Like I've messed up a lot, so I'm like, okay, I I know not to do this, this, and this, and eventually I'll find the right way from that. So that's the just the best way to do it, especially in terms of the future. Like I guess as a last question, like what are you focused on for the future going into 2021? Hmm. Okay, for my big goals, um, definitely getting more involved as a public speaker. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people did ask me, and I've been actually considering it because I can't. It's something I like, and it's something I can visualize myself. And it's like being a professional public speaker, or like being like a speaker coach. That was something. It's like maybe exploring that and getting more involved, and also developing my nonprofit. That's something I always wanted to do. And to take it a step further and create more events to help others, like making more impact in the community. As for personally, reading more. Like I know reading is great, but I still have a stack of books that I got for like a really good deal on the book fair, but I hadn't gone through it yet because I've been holding, putting it off. But now I have the chance and I'm going to make sure I go through that list. What about you? What are your big goals? Well, first of all, that's awesome. I mean, booking is like books reading is like pretty much like a form of like meditation in its own way, where you're just like sitting down, quiet, hopefully, and your your happy space and understanding like a, a different message. You know, it's kind of weird. I I don't try to ever create too many goals. I, I try to follow like a general like mantra and path of life. 
I, I generally have like eight paths that I really focus on, which are like family, friends, uh, girlfriend, you know, work, career advancement in that aspect, the podcast, health. Those are just a couple of them. And with me, it's just really hard to set like a long-term goal sometimes because things change so much. Like when I was in secondary education and I graduated high school, my goal was like, okay, find a job right out of college, graduate cum laude. And I did both of those things actually. And it was, I thought I'd have so much fulfillment and so much happiness from it. And I just, even though I achieved it on my vision board, I did it. Like it was just kind of like, wow, like this is it pretty much. And I, I, if I'm being honest, like I kind of went into the state where I was like questioning myself and like my life purpose in that example. I would say just in terms of like a holistic overall goal, like there's nothing necessarily material like, oh, I want to make X amount this year. But it's more of like, I want to continue on inspiring people to kind of think outside the box a little, expand horizons, and then really just continue on maintaining my relationship with my family and friends and, and girlfriend and loved ones during this time and working hard. Because I know eventually, like if I keep doing everything right in the present, like the future will pay off. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with the when you it'll eventually pay off in the future. Like, a, like a lot of things. For example, like investing. Um, especially, I know that personal finance is definitely an important aspect to learn. Especially because we're gonna deal with money in the future. Like when in post secondary, or even like right now, or even when you're an adult, or even all stages of your life, you're gonna be dealing with money. And I heard like from my uncle to like invest early. So like making sure to invest like a certain amount of money that you can every week or like as or like every day or like every month. And eventually it will build upon itself. And in the future, it will pay off. Like it eventually grows and grows and grows until it's like a big pool. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get scared to go on investing sometimes because it's like one of those things where they think, I need to pick a stock and I'm going to like lose all my money. Like if you invest in Apple or Amazon, this isn't like financial advice, but those are such big companies that like, it's not going to go to zero in one day. It's one of those things where it's like, you could consistently put in like a hundred dollars or maybe 10% of your paycheck into a mutual fund that generates a good return and, you know, be happy with that. And a lot of people think that when investing comes to mind, um, the first thing that people would think is stocks. But in reality, it's not the only thing. Like there's index funds that I recently heard of and I'm looking into it because it's less of a risk. I heard it's less of a risk than stocks, apparently. Got to do my research on that. <laughs> and there's also like bonds and even like a GIC or a tax-free savings account. Like there's a lot of different options and it depends on like each country. As long as you do your research and find resources, especially talk to your bank. Like it can be very scary to set up an appointment because you know they're like they're the expert when you're sitting across them. They can look intimidating, but ultimately they're there to help you. And if you ever have any questions, just make sure to ask them because it can be hard to find it on the internet because as much as good as the internet is, sometimes it's not that accurate in getting the results that we want. Yeah. And I think it just comes down to like curiosity at the end of the day. Like 
I think it's really important to stay curious during this time. You don't need to just obviously make your income from stocks and follow the traditional 401k, but I don't know, you could drive Uber, you could do like DoorDash or something. You could do one of those things where you sell clothes on like Poshmark. Like at this time, everybody's struggling. It doesn't really matter how you get your money as long as it's not illegal, obviously. But, <laughs> you know, it, it. I think at the end of the day, like we should all just be focused on finding happiness and also just kind of monitoring our success in a very fluid and curious way. And monitoring like the different types of success that we have. Because I feel that within like me, within kind of the people around my age, we tend to think of when the word success, usually it kind of goes into financial success. But there's also like career success. There's also like personal success, relationship success, um, like friendship and family success, like things like that, that you also have to keep track of. Well, the number one goal that I think everybody wants in society is just freedom to do whatever they want, whether it's freedom to speak or freedom to, you know, have a job that allows them to go on vacation, freedom to travel because they have the funds to do it, freedom to own a house. Like freedom is like the number one goal regardless. So it's like, it's like you can't just focus on money because you can make a lot of money, but just because you have money doesn't mean you could say whatever you want. Like that'll just be rude. <laughs> so <laughs> it, you just, it, it's a culmination of everything and, and taking in different perspectives. And I, I think when we were, you were asking me like what my goals were for 2021, that's why it's so, I don't have anything like kind of physical or concrete because it, it's more of like a lifestyle I, I live. It, it's one of those things where I'm constantly making goals and I constantly like work on achieving them, but they're always so fluid and they change because, you know, life changes along with my goals. And also feel that it's important to set like good goals, like, like for example, like realistic goals or like specific goals, just so that you can, so just so that you can get to the goals easier, because let's say, for example, once you set like a specific, like a good destination, that's the path can become like at least a little smoother for you to reach that goal. Yeah, something that's achievable. Like I'm I'm not one to preach because I've definitely created some unachievable goals before. But I think it's in addition to like achievable goals, like do something that's fun for yourself. Like I'm learning how to like DJ with a DJ controller. Like that will help me in no way, literally. Like it won't help my career at all because I don't plan on being a DJ. You know, I, I could spend that time with my family and friends, but hey, you know, I want to do it. It's fun. If you want to learn how to play the guitar, like go for it, you know? Yeah. And I do remember making a lot of unrealistic goals too. Like there was this one time, I don't know why, when I look back, I don't know why I made that goal. But that goal was to just get 100% on every subject. And now that I look back, you know, I'm, I, I think that's too unrealistic because like you can't get perfect every single time like most of the time but as long as you say okay i'll do the best that i can then that's more realistic because a lot of times when we do set like too high of an expectation where we don't reach it we feel that you know we just we can lose motivation to keep on going and we can also feel a little less confident that we will reach the goal 
Yeah, it, it's just important to rise to the moment, but at the same time, like understand if you can't reach the stars, you know, reach for whatever you could reach for and, and enjoy life because, you know, we only live one of these things. I think sometimes things get overblown out of proportion or we compare ourselves too much to others or we feel like an imposter. Like it's really yeah. good to just focus on the present. So, you know, I, I think that's a great part to end on. So I just want to thank you, first of all, for coming on to the podcast to talk a little about your journey. Um, I know you're more focused on like public speaking and you, you're like giving students tips. So it's really interesting to like hear your perspective and like everything with mm-hmm. that. Do you have any lasting thoughts or any message you want to share to the audience? I would say one lasting thought would be sometimes like when we focus a lot on like, for example, our career or on work, um, just don't forget that there's other aspects in life to focus on and in the end you need to achieve a balance and to make sure that as long as you are happy and fulfilled, like everything would be okay. Yeah. And for everybody who's listening who may be like a high school student or going into college, like I know it may be tough right now to think of that way because you may be stuck inside, but I guarantee you you know, if you're 18, you got three years until you turn 21, and I'm sure you're going to be partying somewhere. You're probably going to graduate college and, and find like maybe a, a job that pertains to your degree and maybe ha- have a girlfriend or boyfriend during that time. Like it's, there's so many other aspects to life. I really appreciate you sharing that last message. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast. And also to whoever's listening, try to live your life to the fullest. Cool, cool. Thanks for coming on again, Vivian. I really appreciate it. I loved hearing about your journey. We'll definitely stay in contact. And I'm going to put all of your links in the description below in case people would like to follow up with you, or they'd like to just learn more about your inspiring journey, watch one of your TED Talks in general, that basic stuff. And for everybody who's tuning in, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I hope you guys were able to take something insightful from this, learn from it. Vivian's a very, very educated person, and I I'm super glad to have her on. If you'd like to support the podcast a little bit more, please make sure to leave a rating or review at either AnmitaGenerations.com or Apple Podcasts if you're listening from an iOS Apple device. I'd really, really appreciate it. And finally, I'd just like to ask the question, how far are you willing to expand the horizons of your thinking and actively seek out discomfort to create a happy and healthy life for yourself? I know COVID rates are kind of crazy right now, so hope you all are staying safe and I'll see you guys later.